Due to the government guidelines regarding coronavirus, this podcast audio has been recorded from our Skype conversation, so we apologise if the audio quality is not up to our usual standards. Please enjoy. Hi guys, it's the Peppermint Apes podcast, episode 3. In this video we're going to be talking about the lockdown. Is this the perfect time for musicians to shine on YouTube? And we'll talk about YouTube in general. But please subscribe, leave us a comment with any questions or any tips that you've got or anything you'd like us to help you with and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Peppermint Apes. But even so, this needs starting because ooh la la, I want to dance for you na na, I want to be your hero, hero. How you all doing? Run okay? Yeah mate, it's all good. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Adapting to lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Just want to say, guys, as well, people that are watching this broadcast, that you can see everyone with microphones. I went into the uh, garage, well, it's my little studio bit, but my internet connection was so bad, I had to move into the lounge. So hopefully the sound's good. <laughs> but uh, no, so our last podcast, we, we couldn't avoid, you know, coronavirus, you know, that was coming up. We was talking about the local scene as well. Um, Lewis, you couldn't make that one, as obviously you was getting ready for, you know, the gender reveal reveal of your, your newborn. Yeah. Turn out to be a, gonna be a little girl. She's good. Yeah, it's brilliant news. Congrats. Fantastic. I mean, but obviously we were talking about the local music scene, but obviously talking massively on the whole coronavirus, the pandemic that was coming out. Now at that time, it was quite new to us, wasn't it? It was, it was well, it's still the unknown now. No one really knows what to expect, but I don't really think we kind of understood or, c- or could have predicted how serious it's become since that podcast. I mean, guys, what's your thoughts on everything well, since then? Well, I mean, it, it was quite funny because when we was doing that podcast, Chris said at the time that we was two weeks behind Italy and look at us now, we're, we're our, our death toll, unfortunately, has risen astronomically hasn't it it's really gone up yeah and that's just so like 3,000 now isn't it yeah. absolutely yeah it is and it's, it's crazy so kind of the prediction that you made Chris was right um, yeah that, it, that we're, we're right behind Italy now yeah well you know I'm always right so it's just the way <laughs> it goes so obviously we're all in self-isolation now so since then uh, obviously Boris Johnson has, has turned around and said you know in order to try and prevent the spread everyone stays at home um, we are allowed to leave our homes you know, twice a day, basically. Well, you can go once for exercise and, and once to go shopping if it's essential. Yeah. Um, but equally, on the other podcast that we, we spoke about as well, you know, we was we, we don't claim to be experts, do we, guys? We, we just guys, we, we have a conversation, we, we discuss things. Um, I mentioned something I just want to bring up as well. I mentioned something on the, the podcast because um, I've got to give, you know, some friends that you talk to naturally as people. Coronavirus is a, a new thing. Um, and one thing I did say in the podcast was, you know, there's traces of potentially HIV in coronavirus. Now, since that podcast, I haven't really seen any sources to back up that comment. So I was obviously wrong with that. But the Chris, I think we you, you, you mentioned something about that as well, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I, I think, you know, you probably... Because as it happens to me as well, got your wires crossed slightly. But I think what maybe you'd meant to say was the fact that I think they're using the vaccine for HIV and modifying it slightly to use um, against coronavirus. But you know, again, I have seen sort of several articles explaining that. But like, we're not experts or anything. So, but um, yeah, so I think maybe that's what what you was kind of meant by it. Yeah, it's it's the unknown, but. If anyone saw that, apologies if uh, any offence was taken. But, uh, but no, Lewis, obviously you wasn't in that podcast. I mean, what's your views? I mean, you know, you can't escape it. You don't be talking about it forever. You want to sort of be positive. But what's your thoughts on the whole pandemic at the moment? Yeah, just get on with your life. Do you know what I mean? That's what makes the British great. We just get on with things when when you, when there's bad stuff. You have, you've had a lot of good community spirit come back, which has been really nice with all the applause yeah. from the key workers and the NHS staff and everything. So that's been really nice. It's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. So it's just nice to have like a bit of community spirit, and everyone's been really good. And you know, like even when I popped out for shopping and things, everyone sort of adhered to all the right social distancing precautions and stuff. So 
for me personally, I don't tend to pay too much attention to it. You know, obviously, it's on the news and everything. But I mean, you know, I just respect the the rules that are in place and just go about your life. You know, that's yeah. what you all you can do, isn't it? So um, yeah, it's obviously terrible. You obviously um, sort of feel for for obviously you know a lot of families and things have dealt with all the all the bad parts of this. But um, yeah, from from me personally, you just get on with your life. You know, it's kind of that's all you can do, isn't it? That is all you can do. You've just got to carry on ticking through it, haven't you, really? I mean, you know, I, I, I've sort of said a couple in a couple of days ago, so I feel a bit down on that, but actually sort of want to look back on it, you know, it could be a lot worse, as, as you said, Lewis. So, you know, everything, and it, it will come to an end. There's, it's not this forever. And, you know, so what? We just get shut in, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. Like you not, said, it's, it's... That's it, isn't it? So... Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's like you say, you've got your health, you've got your happiness, you've got your family, you've got a roof over your head, you've got all the home comforts that a lot of people in other countries don't have. Do you know what I mean? Although it's yeah. obviously can be frustrating to be locked in, but at least you know this is like you said, it could be could be a lot worse. So yeah. I think that's what makes the British great. You know, the the, the whole stiff upper lip kind of thing. Yeah, just got to get on with it. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. I think you've got to stay positive, but. The main thing, everyone's just got to, you know, just stick by the walls, you know, stay stay at home, wash your hands where necessary, you know, all the time wash your hands. Um, and if you do have to go to the shops, you know, just just keep your distance, two metres and, you know, what, you know, just 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 stay safe. That's all, that's all you can do and, and, yeah. and stay positive, like you said, Lou. I mean, Sam, I mean, obviously, we don't want to, we don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about this because I think podcast aside, I think everybody can you know keep up to date with coronavirus can, can watch the news and if anything you know you can't avoid it but i think people want to move on from this but equally we, we can't ignore this so sam obviously last time when we did it you mentioned about the stats and, and where we were um would you like to sort of just reveal where we are so far now absolutely as of, yeah, as, of, as of tonight yeah of course so um obviously we, we this has gone sky high all these cases around the world so what I'm going to do is I'm going to share my my screen um, just for the viewers. So if you can just confirm, guys, that you can see my screen. Yeah, yeah, we've got it. Yeah. So I'm back on the worldometers.info. Now, my wife made a really, really good point the other day is because people aren't being tested anymore, this is only going on um, people that have been tested, you know? Um, yeah. So how accurate this is, I'm not too sure. But confirmed cases around the world is 1,083,596. Uh, and then the deaths are 58,150. But then still, the recovery rate is astronomical, astronomical compared to the death rate, which yeah, yeah. is a positive, isn't it? Um, however, I think in the UK, the death rate, I think it's overtaken the, the recovery rate. I'm not too sure. Um, but if we scroll down to this table here now, of three weeks ago, China was topping this uh, with the majority of the uh, cases. Now it's the USA. USA total cases, 266,000. Now, Italy, Spain, Germany, China. China has gone right down there now, haven't they, with 81,000 cases. Um, and UK are now rocketing. And they've actually got more, what was that I said earlier on, they've actually got more cases, uh, more deaths, sorry, than China in total. Uh, mm. So China's obviously done something to quarantine it in a way. But then, like Chris said a few weeks ago, we're a few weeks behind. I know it was Italy, but we're a few weeks behind. So hopefully we'll go more down the China route. Then, as you can see, Italy on there, 14,000 deaths in Italy. Hopefully yeah. we'll go down more the route of the UK following China. And hopefully that the recovery rate will go down, the death rate will go down, uh, the recovery rate will go up, sorry, and the death rate will go down. You've got to remember as well, uh, for, for the sakes of Italy, it's got the highest population of older people, I think. So, I mean the mortality rate is just going to be higher because there's more people in the country that have lower immunity than the rest of the world. So yeah, my, my father-in-law made a really good point uh, a couple of weeks back, and I'll see if you guys agree. It'd be interesting to, to know. He said that because Italy is um, quite a religious country, Catholic, I think, yeah. the uh, religion is, um, if you think on Sundays they go to their they go to their place of worship and they, yeah. uh, they dip their fingers in the holy water, and you think there's other people do that, uh, they they break the bread, don't they? And they have that placed in their mouth. I don't know if they if they're still doing that, but this is the tradition, isn't it? And this is going to be a reason why it is transmitted. If it, if it's through contact, and 
close distance, yeah. things like that. But then, then I don't, I don't just think it's sort of religion as well. You know, obviously they are quite a religious country, but it's no more than. I mean, I know I suppose we've got the Vatican and everything like that, but I mean, Italians themselves. I, well, the, the, is the culture in Italy to be quite sociable, quite sort of family oriented? How do they, so, how, how do how do European countries say hello? How do they greet each other normally? Exactly. Yeah. Just on the cheek, each side usually, isn't it? You know, yeah. so this is this is uh, possibly a a way of transmitting. What do what do you think, Lewis and Rye? Do you do you, do you kind of agree or disagree? Do you have your opinion? Yeah, I mean that that could be a fair point there, Sam. Um, but I think the main thing is it is all from contact, you know, and it spreads. The main, I, I think, if if everyone treats this lockdown seriously, you know, eventually we'll get through this. We are. We haven't quite found the peak yet, and like you say, if you go by those numbers, Sam, yeah, in terms of confirmed people that have recovered as opposed to died, recover. It's it's positive to see that there's more people that have recovered than that have died out of that million cases plus. Um, but there's still, you know, a percentage, of, a, a huge percentage of active cases that aren't, you know, they haven't got a status report yet in terms of have they died or have they recovered. So that's why we're still going to see, unfortunately, hundreds of people dying every day. Yeah. Um, so we have, that's, that's something to consider. So there is, you know, we can still prevent this because some people might be looking at this and thinking, oh, yeah, but we're, we're, everyone's staying at home and there's still thousands of people dying every day. That's sadly going to happen. Uh, but the more that we stay home and the more that we, we abide by the rules, the less the spread will be. And eventually we'll get to the other side. Uh, it's just so sad, the amount of people that are dying. But, you know, we'll get there. You know, we will get there um, yeah. and try and stay positive. But It's amazing It's amazing to see the knock-on effect that it, yeah. this is having now, though, because two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, there was talk of gigs being cancelled and, you know, um, things being delayed. And now we can officially confirm that a lot of stuff has now um, been, been cancelled. So, again, yeah. if you look on my screen, I've got on here the official album charts and first picture on here, 1975. Oh. And they've actually postponed their album now due to coronavirus. And, lit, and look at that big one there. Now that's what I call Music 105. That's been cancelled. <laughs> <So Yeah>. <laughs> We've oh, got yeah. 104 others to enjoy. That breaks so, me yeah. art, that does. That's yeah, just yeah. a big delay. So, oh, Alicia, no. Keys, <laughs> Alicia Keys has cancelled uh, the release date. 1975 has cancelled it. Atlanta oh. Morissette. Um, Willie Nelson, DMAs, Pretenders, Lady Gaga. That was a big one in the news, I think. Um, she's cancelled hers. And then Sam Smith. I want to delve into that because I, I, I'm intrigued to see what you guys think. But I, I have the only the only benefit, right, for them cancelling this is because obviously the way the music industry is and obviously most of the people make their money off of the tours and the merchandise, the yeah. TV appearances and that there's no benefit to cancel it from a listening point of view because all people are doing is sitting indoors. So if you're, if you're, if you're indoors with nothing to do, you're going to, and everyone's got a smart speaker and a smartphone and you've got Spotify or Apple music or Deezer or Tidal or Google play or whatever you use, you know, everyone's got Amazon music. Everyone's got some sort of service. You're going to generate far more revenue from people being locked in listening to it than you are trying to wait for the, the tours and stuff, you know, unless unless the artists don't have any faith in their ability as artists and all they're concerned about is the visual side of it and the spectacle is what and the tour is what makes their money. Do you know what I mean? I'm intrigued. I, I, I think there's a certain trend, isn't there? When an album's released, it has a big impact and then people instantly want to go and see that band live or that artist live. So I think if they release the album and then they can't, they, they can't tour for another six months or so, um, I, I think the fear is that from from a record label standing point that they're not going to make any money on tour because people are going to forget that he was released. I think at the end of the day, it's a business, so they need to get maximum exposure. So just releasing an album, if you think about it, when, when someone releases an album, you'll see them on Jonathan Ross show, you'll see them on the James Corden Late Late Show yeah. a couple of days before the release. It's all to do with um, promotion. Uh, and that's what they've got to do. But if they're just going to release it on Spotify and just put on their Facebook feed, oh, we've released it. I think they're holding back because they need to make their money. And I understand what you're saying, Lewis, with Spotify, Amazon, Napster, Deezer, streaming is going to bring in the revenue. But on top of that, they want to sell CDs as well, don't they? You've made a re you've all made really good arguments in regard to that. But uh, again, one counterpoint is Dua Lipa's just put her album out, uh, Future Nostalgia. Obviously, that's like more of a retro 80s 
kind of model thing you know it's not it might not necessarily be our or all of our thing as, a, as an artist yeah it's quite interesting that she's gone ahead and done it and hers yeah. is like a, one of those sort of visual eight retro 80s kind of things you know it's quite interesting because she's she, she maybe her label and her team have seen a different angle and they've gone well actually we might have an opportunity here then they've put yeah. it out what i found interesting as well um I was watching tv earlier on and uh changing the subject onto films uh trolls the the second trolls film they've decided to go straight to on demand um so i googled it i thought well why is that then and they're the only film this year i think that is going straight on demand james bond's been pushed back to 2021 uh, yeah. there's been a few other films all been pushed back to 2021 but trolls have just taken the plunge they've done 91 million pound budget uh on a 1.1 million pound box office um so uh, so hopefully this will work for them just going straight on demand some some i've seen some films do that so on amazon um i think is it bloodshot or yeah wind yeah, diesel, diesel. Wind, yeah that's gone straight onto amazon i think emma as well um invisible man um there's a few few things that have gone straight on just like you said like straight onto that so i mean they're obviously sort of sit some companies are sort of seeing this as an opportunity aren't they i suppose mm. yeah you're actually right absolutely Disney um, have done that on the US Disney Plus. They've added yeah. Frozen 2 and Star Wars on there as well. Uh, Rise yeah. of Skywalker. But I suppose it brings it, you know, it brings it nicely onto the topic of the podcast, really. I suppose if all the big businesses and record labels are holding their artists back, you know, for example, like the 1975 and Lady Gaga, well, now, is, is this the perfect time for YouTubers to sort of excel and showcase their talent and, and gain more fans. There's obviously going to be, we, we'll talk about YouTube as well in terms of, you know, how it's helped people over the years and how it can still help people regardless of the lockdown. Um, but at this moment in time, I suppose, could the independent artist, artists kind of lead the way? Definitely. I think it's a great opportunity for them. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that came from YouTube, um, you, well, that I personally remember is Bieber. Justin Bieber, um, he was putting up cover videos and he was doing drum covers, trumpet covers, vocal covers. And then uh, Scooter Braun, I think his, his manager at the time, or is, uh, he noticed them on YouTube and forwarded them on to, to Usher. Um, or was it Ludacris? Uh, I think no, no, you're right. Yeah, it was Usher, yeah. Yeah, forwarded them on to Usher and that's how he got spotted. And uh, um, there's been lots of artists that have uh, been found from YouTube. And I, I do think it's a very, very powerful tool yeah. now in our, in our armory. To, to get content out there especially for free as well i mean you got you i know you've got youtube premium but what's that you just skip ads on it um yeah. people 90 percent of the population i think still going to use standard youtube um account and i do think it's a very very good tool to use no absolutely but the, i think complete right and obviously youtube for years has been a fantastic platform and it's and it's only getting stronger and stronger but at this moment in time i mean chris i mean what do you think i mean you know, for, for artists that want to get their music out, whether it's originals, whether it's covers, would you say now's a stronger time to sort of release your music? Oh, definitely. I, I definitely would say now is the right time to give that a go. Um, I, I just think, you know, it, it may, it's obvious in a way because so many people would will shut in, aren't we? So, um, especially in this country. So everyone's on YouTube all day. And everyone's on social media because that's all, you know, a lot of people can do. So they're going to see it and it's going to get noticed much more, you know. So I think now is a, a very good opportunity. Although this virus is, you know, what's happened is awful. There are some positives that have come out of it and it could be for new musicians trying to sort of find their way. Absolutely. And we're seeing some isolation, isolated videos as well where, you know, you know, on Facebook as well, where yeah. quite the isolation room where people are streaming yeah. and, and performing live. I'm so a, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not i lie. I've, I've, I'm kind of bored of live streams. <laughs> I know, I know it's like harsh, but it's like it's, I see it, I scroll through Facebook. It's like oh, it's someone else is doing another live stream, and they're just sort of sitting in the bathroom with an acoustic guitar, calling it on their phone. And it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I think it's like anything. Now is a great time for people to showcase their talent. But that's the point. Showcase your talent. There's going to be people yeah. that can't play. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's the same. Like you, it's, it's no different. It's no different to open mic nights. Do you know what I mean? You're going to get some incredibly talented singers there. 
that don't have the support of a band, don't don't have you know a lot going for them. They're too busy with their with their day to day careers, and they don't get the chance to showcase their music. So they really excel. But you also get the let's, let's be honest, crap artists that just get up. Yeah. Their mums tell them their mums tell them they can sing. They get up on karaoke and they just sound terrible. They everyone's yeah. just so cringed out. Yeah, I think yeah. Lewis and myself, we uh, maybe you you and Chris might know Ryan is a. We we used to play a few gigs in a in a little uh, hut uh, nearby to us, didn't we, Lou? Back back in the early days, won't name yeah. the place. Uh, That's where it all started for us. Where it all started, and we turn up some nights. You'd have some really good bands. I mean, when we was starting out then as well, so we might have been a load of rubbish. Went to the more experienced. But we were fourteen. We were full, but yeah. there were some older Loud bands. Stuff. We think they're just doing it to get out of the house for the weekend. You know, get out of babysitting things like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, love, I'm gigging. That's exactly it, yeah. But in our very first podcast, The History of the Peppermint Apes, we did talk about, um, obviously, when you joined the band, Sam, and, and some of the YouTube covers that we did, like Adore You, and obviously the one that you helped produce with Josh and Sam, and we did uh, Love Me Like You Do. Um, and that's a, that's a couple of videos in particular that really helped launch us a little bit, or relaunch us, because obviously we did things in the past. Um, if people want to you know, find out the history of the band, check out that podcast. We really go into to detail, don't we, guys? But... Uh, yeah, the good thing is, is like Adore You, Love Me Like You Do, they were covers that kind of, well, they got loads of views, didn't they, Sam? So they they, they helped sort of broadcast out, out, you know, what we were doing uh, and gave us more subscribers, more followers on, on Facebook. I mean, on that, though, I mean, obviously, is that the way forward, do we think, guys? Is, could you put your originals out and be successful? Or do you think for bands that are trying to start out, should they focus on covers only? Now, this, this is what I see. So when I'm on Facebook, there's a few bands who I follow on Facebook. And don't get me wrong, they, they're good bands, um, but they're just purely originals. I do think, I, I heard it on, on a, a YouTube video um, that I watched a few weeks ago. Um, some chap said that if you want to be successful at gigs, you should at least put a few covers in your set. Don't just be a primarily originals band um, unless you're quite established. So... When you when you are playing these gigs, you know do two songs, chuck a cover in, another two songs, chuck a cover in. Even if you change a cover up, do that. Same with YouTube as well. The the trick with YouTube that I found is it's time the timing that you can get to get the videos yeah. up. Um, so for instance, we're 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 currently recording this new cover. Uh, I think we'll discuss it later on. And which Lewis found after going to see the band at the gig, he heard the gig, he heard the song at the gig, came back found a recording on YouTube and work, and we've worked to it. And I think because of the the, the, the the song's not released yet, we've got that little one up. There are some versions of the song on YouTube. Yeah. Um but um, and we we're probably one of probably about the sixth one to do it in the world, I think, at the moment. Um so they're they're kind of getting a head start. But it is all about timing. That's how Adore You and Love Me Like You Do came quite quite successful on YouTube. It was all to do with the timing. So we managed to get the videos up in a matter of days after the song was released, and that's how it became so successful. I can ask a question, actually. So I was thinking the other day, you know the Ellie Golding one, that's a Love Me Like You Do, wasn't it? Um, that, that one was... Did you use the fact that it was in the film, Fifty Shades of Grey, as a sort of a... to launch it more than the actual song release? Yeah, yeah. I noticed the title, it said Fifty Shades of Grey, and, that, and I noticed when you posted it, it was literally the like, sort of the same week as when the film was released. And I know how successful the film was. Do you think that's probably more, it got noticed that way. People heard, you know, saw the film, thought, well, what's that song? And then they type that in or Shazam it or something like that. And then it comes up links to your cover of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was the idea. That was the motivation yeah. because, you know, you've got to be clever. You've got to be smart. You've got to think outside the box. Um, you've got to know what's coming. You've got to know the size and the strength of the artist in their career at that point. You know, because at the end of the day, like and Ryan made a good point, and we've all sort of discussed it on this, um, you know, well, actually, to be fair, yeah, you said it best when you said just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it, you know, if it's not good. Yeah. And that's the thing. What what separates you from every other artist, you know, because how many times have you gone on Facebook now? Let's use Facebook ads and marketing as a good idea. It's a great idea that it's available to everyone, which is brilliant because that's democracy at its finest. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean someone's content is great or it's brilliant. And, and that could even include us. Do you know what I mean? Some people could hate what we do, which is fair enough. You know, you can't please everyone. But yeah. and so that, that, that's that's in the same vein as, you know, when you choose a song to do it, 
having your goal originally and the, the the aim behind it is so important. And so with that song, you know, like what makes us different to every other band trying to do a cover thing? We know that, you know, we, we all think that we're good because we've put a lot of hours into doing what we do. You know, I don't think you should, there should be any shame in saying we've spent hundreds of hours, thousands of hours, you know, individually, let alone collectively on being good at what we do. And, you know, but, but that's not often enough. How many good bands and good artists or good performers are in, in any industry do you see that don't necessarily make it? So what do you do that's different? And that's where we saw an opportunity for that song before it was released and the artist and the magnitude of the film that, that because of all the press and all that sort of thing that it was getting that we thought, well, maybe we can we can use this to our advantage and, you know, yeah. tie that all in. And that's that's exactly what we actually did with the Miley Cyrus one as well, yeah. um, because that was sort of during a rebellious phase, you know, where she was headlines for everything. And this video was supposedly quite sort of, for lack of a better term, semi-erotic. And so that got loads of kind of like headlines. So we thought, well, I'll stuff it. I mean, we're not going to get Ryan with his shirt off, but. Oh, damn know, it. Yeah, that oh. would have got them. Think of them views. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that video Ryan on a wrecking ball? Yes, yeah, yes I can. Yeah, Ryan, under, Ryan under the bed sheets. Give, it, give me that sledgehammer. I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you had thousands of repairs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so like the, the Miley Cyrus one got about 30,000 views. It wasn't her biggest song, but because of the video content and stuff, it did well. And then the Ellie Golden one eventually ended up getting just under 600,000 views. So for a, for a small band from Essex that, you know, to have nearly a million views on your video to lead yeah. to Ryan's earlier question, is it better than gigging? Well, how many how many times would you have had nearly nearly a million, million people see your, you perform, you know? Exactly. You just get, you, you target an audience and it, it just explodes. So... It's all about the choosing the correct song, though, because when we first done the YouTube covers, um, we said this in the previous podcast, when, when Katy Perry released her album, it was Raw, that was the big one. When Ollie Merz released his album, it was Thinking of Me, I now know the song, Thinking of Me was the big one. Um, and then we done Hand on Heart. Now, these were like the, the third singles Single. on the album. By, by that time, the album's been out probably a few months. The buzz has died down a little bit. So I think that's why they didn't get as successful on, on their yeah. video what i would make actually because i've been doing is in the week at my lunch break i've been doing a little bit of research um and i had noticed i just went back and sort of typed in sort of guardians of the galaxy you know the marvel film that came out in 2014 and um and because the actual soundtrack of that film was almost more famous than the actual film itself and they used a lot of 70s songs sort of 70s soul 70s glam rock was sort of in in those um films and i sort of i saw a few bands have done covers of the songs on that and used guardians of the galaxy in the title and i had like you know half a million views and they just literally used the fact that that, that film was out and everyone was going crazy i mean they had i think the, the film itself they sold cds didn't they so yeah yeah you know it had a soundtrack cd that you could buy that had all these songs in it like spirit in the sky um you know, fooled, fooled, fooled around and fell in love and 10cc, you're not in love and everything like that. You know, songs that have basically been forgotten, but just all, all of a sudden sort of recycled and become really famous again just because of this film and bands have really utilised that. So I think there's definitely sort of an answer for it. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the benefit to films and all kind of different media platforms is it does give the artist strength, doesn't it, to grow and, yeah. and, and like I say, remarket their old material. But one other question really to you guys and especially you, Sam, as well, because obviously you've always been quite keen with pushing the you know the YouTube presence for the band. Um, are we in an era now? Are we going down the road soon, do you think, where people don't necessarily need a record label? There's always going to be, a, a, I suppose, a demand and a, 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 an advantage to having a label, obviously, that will invest money into your promotion and obviously get you on the, the big TV slots and, and pay for you to support big bands to, to grow your fan base. But if it's done correctly... Is YouTube all you need? Do you need? Can we sort of boycott the the, the traditional way of, of making it? Uh, well, there, there, there's a lot of independent labels on YouTube. There's a, there's one called Ghost Killer Entertainment. Now I don't think they're a label. They mainly um, uh, specialise in pop punk songs and you know the the kind of genty era uh, genre of music that, that kind of heavy pop rock stuff and. Um, yeah, I don't think they're a label, but they just post videos every single day of bands that are on their on their books, really, and they get loads and loads of views. Now, going back to your question, I don't think I don't think a label is as big now 
as it was back in the day, just because of the exposure you can get onto YouTube. Um, yeah. As long as it's done right. I, there's so there's so many bands as well that sort of self fund it. I don't know. You've seen they. I mean a cup. I mean last year there was something called Pledge for Music, which I mean mm. they they fell under lots of lawsuits and everything like that. So I won't get into anything like that. But you know that bands now will say to their fans that have come to see them at gigs and support them on social media. Look, we want to write an album, but we don't have any money. So you know if you want an album, pledge. You know mm. sort of. And and I think it for the fans' point of view, it probably feels like they're part of the album more. Yeah, I think I think a big, a really good band, an example of a band who have done phenomenally from YouTube is Boyce Avenue. Now, yeah. they are very, very good, um, all mainly acoustic stuff. I'm sure you guys know Boyce Avenue. For people who don't know Boyce Avenue are, they just do lots of covers, acoustic covers, very, very nice covers. They get guests on now. They even get famous people, famous artists on their videos now. They're so established. I actually went to watch them at the Roundhouse um, a few years back. And now this was quite an interesting uh, gig I went to. So me, my sister, my wife, um, her husband and a friend of theirs came with us to watch them. And we're walking, we're going up there and we're like, oh, I hope they play this, hope they play that, hope they play these songs. We were expecting covers. The whole night was originals. Now, yeah. it wasn't a bad gig, but we went expecting originals. And I was sitting there thinking, uh, cover, sorry, and I was sitting there and I was thinking, I wonder how many other people in this room were thinking the same as me. Oh, there was people down on the floor. We was up in in the in the, in the stalls, but there was people down on the floor, uh, and they were all dancing, singing. I'm thinking, yeah, okay, they're the fan. But up here, I wonder if people are expecting the the covers because that's what they're most known for, and they they've used YouTube as their platform. And I think I'm not sure whether they've got a record deal. I think they're just so established now on YouTube, they don't need a deal. I think that's yeah. the fine line, isn't it? I suppose if you if you kind of get known for playing covers, and all your fan base they love certain songs, like for example. If we did a, if we released another song and it was as big as "Love Me Like You Do" or "Adore You," and we went and we announced that we were going to tour next year, you'd kind of feel like you'd have to play those songs because, in a way, that you, you are a product, aren't you? And and people are paying. You know, if you went, I'm not being funny. If, if I if you went to see Bon Jovi, you'd kind of feel a little bit shortchanged if they, if you didn't play "Living," you know, their biggest songs. On a prayer, something like that, you know. It's one of those things, you know, if you're a hardcore fan, you probably would like to hear different things. But the majority of people in the audience, they want to hear what they know. But at the same time, I think it's brilliant that you can sort of use YouTube and play covers and, you know, get a, grow your fan base and then showcase your originals. But at the same time, I think you've got to be very clear on what your tour is about. And when you get to a level where people are liking your original uh, covers, um you can then release your originals on Spotify, make a big deal out of it, and then say to people, right, these are the these are the songs that we, we're we're going to we're going to play at the gigs. But it's a balance, isn't it? Because if you if you're too if you if all you do is covers, you know, and then all of a sudden you just play loads of originals that no one's heard, you're probably naturally going to be disappointed, aren't you? As a yeah. as a as a fan. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it, I've sort of got two points to develop on the back of that is. One is, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Ryan. And but the th the interesting thing is, it's not only YouTube now is that that is a big platform for um, sort of progression for original artists. Ryan and Chris, I know this sort of hip hop and all that isn't really your thing. It's not my biggest thing, but I, I, I quite enjoy it. And I think Sam, you might have a bit of a background. SoundCloud is the biggest thing for the hip hop genre. Hip hop in the USA, Sam will be able to pull a lot of this up on the screen. Uh, in the USA, uh, hip hop like, and rap is now the most popular genre overtaking rock. It, it took it over a couple of years ago now, so it's the most prevalent genre of music. And SoundCloud seems to be a massive part of that because it was where a lot of artists uploaded their stuff, like Juice World, for example, who's, who's huge as it started off there. I don't know if you could pull up a list, Sam, of, of hip hop and rap artists that got famous off of SoundCloud, but that's ingrained in the culture, you know, and that they've got. Oh, th that's now also become saturated. Obviously, I think from my understanding, with with up and coming artists trying to do the same thing. But just literally gone to the Google, and I'll just share my screen again. So you'll see literally top the Google, <laughs> Google, <laughs> the Google. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah, there you go. Post Malone, he was found yep. on 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 there. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Little Dicky, all found on there. Um, well, Migos, Twenty One yeah, so, Savage. <laughs> yeah, extension. What a name. Yeah, uh, Post Malone, Twenty One Savage, uh, Little Peep, Denzel Curry, Chance the Rapper. He's he's getting big now, yes. isn't he? Chance the Rapper. 
Amigos, Little Dicky, Little Dicky. I love that song, the Earth yeah, song. We, yeah, <laughs> That's it, a great we song. love the Earth. Yeah, it's, it's our planet, Little Planet. Oh, yeah. So SoundCloud is a massive platform. Now we we've got content as Peppermint Apes on on SoundCloud. Um, Lewis, we've got content on there from Pretty Strange Thing and Havana Sun because it, yep. it was a free platform. Now this was a good question I wanted to ask Lewis actually because Lewis, you're quite well up there when it comes to uh, distribution of music. Um, obviously, YouTube is free. Uh, SoundCloud is free. When is it necessary now to push your stuff out onto Spotify and iTunes when you've got all this free ways that you've even got band? Is it Bandcamp now? That, oh, that's yeah, still yeah. going. You can you can distribute music like that. I know they these aren't as popular as Spotify and things, but as a starting point, I think these are brilliant tools for musicians um, where you don't really necessarily go down the the paid distribution route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really good question. It, it, it depends. It depends on what, or at least for me personally, this is my own personal perspective on it, it depends on what your end goal is, right? So if you want to cater to everybody, you have to be on Spotify, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, Apple, whatever you use, because people don't want to make an effort. You know, we're in we're in an era now where everything is handed to you on a silver platter instantly. Yeah. So let's look at Netflix, right? The new series comes out. Everyone goes, if it's not an, a, an episode all in one, a season all in one go, people aren't happy anymore forgetting the fact for hundreds of years or however long TV's been around, you know, we've watched things episodically. So everyone wants everything now. So if you're trying to tell people to, oh, if you want to hear this, you've got to go there. You've got to do this. You've got to download this. You've got to make an account. You've got to listen to it only on this app. You can't have it here. If this app isn't as well funded as something else, you can't cast it onto your TV. You can't use it on your smart speaker. These are all important considerations if depending on what your aim is. So if you want to, if you want to, you know, you, your your demographic and your end goal is the everyman, you know, the person who's just on the train in the morning, who's getting on the bus, they're driving in their car, and in their cars integrate with Spotify or whatever, you know, that that's your aim, then that's perfect. That's where you want to, you know, you want to aim. And in terms of distribution, it's not that expensive. So if you use companies like CD Baby, DistroKid, other ones like that, it's only about 20 quid a year. For, for, for them to help you get all your music up on those platforms. And then if memory serves, you pretty much keep all the royalties as well. So if you look at traditional labels and like Sam, you'll know, and Chris, you'll probably have an idea on this as well. Labels now do 360 deals. So they don't just, they don't just take, um, you know, like, like they give you an advance, you do the record, you keep all your merch. Now they don't make any money on the record sales. So they take money off your merch. That's why, if you look at every big tour, Sam, can you pull up a list of the most successful tours for the last couple of years, right? Look at the length of them. They're all about 18 months minimum. So that that shows you the, the offset of losing their money in record sales. You know, they have to tour for nearly two years to make the same level make, of profit. Yeah, to make it back. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and, and Sam will probably be able to find the top grossing tours, but they'll tell you, they usually tell you, oh, band or artist A made X amount. And it will tell you the length of the tour. It'll be like 18 months, 12 months, you know, whatever it is. Some tours are like three years. Yeah. So without going too deep into the Google again, I've, uh, I've just literally typed in highest grossing tours and you can see Elton John, $82.6 million. Uh, this is of 2019. Um, but even, even that, I mean, you've got Paul McCartney there, 40.7. Uh, yeah. Sheeran, 63.6 million uh, for their tour. That's this year now. alone. Well, this this was in 2019, so oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not too sure how long their tours were. So they they are making a lot from their their tours. Yeah. So and, and that's the point, you know, that's how they do it. But if you're if you're distributing your music, say even if you don't make, I think the Spotify play like play rate is like 0.09p or something like that. You have to get there's calculations. You can find it really comfortably of how many thousands of streams you'd need to make the minimum wage in the UK, but. If that's all your money, at least it's all your money as an independent without any cut going out, you know. But then the offset is, do you have the support to get a tour? But then to even get that, you've got to get a back in and you've got to get the support and the belief of the label and the A&R people that you're going to, you know, reproduce the money and the investment. So it's all a catch-22. But I think, you know, if you want to be an independent artist, you want to cater to everyone, then pay 20 quid to get your music on all these platforms and you're going to reap all the rewards yourself. No one's going to take any money other than you. I think that's a really good, valid point there, Lou. And I think you're right. I think if you're not, if you're not, you know, on every single platform, you then become a bit of a, an inconvenience, don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As opposed to a pleasure. Yeah. But uh, one, 
Sorry, One other thing I just want to mention about YouTube as well, guys, is is pretty much I think the good thing is, um, you know, we're going to keep using this platform. We're going to release as much content as possible. And just like this podcast, I think we like to sort of try and help other people that, are, you know, maybe following our journey. We don't claim to be superstars, do we, guys? At the end of the day, we're just we're guys that have jobs, etc. We love doing what we do. And if we can help other people, then, then happy days. We, we can learn from people as well if they leave us comments with, with ideas and we check out other bands as well to, you know, to get ideas. But one thing that we're doing as well um, is we're trying, trying to maximise, you know, our potential at the moment. And obviously with the lockdown, we've got time to, to make music. So, Lou, do you want to sort of share what, we, what we're doing as a, as a project at the moment? Yeah, yeah, sure. So obviously, as we were talking about in the topic of this podcast, we've always been really passionate about the YouTube thing. We've always collectively got a lot out of it. We've really enjoyed it, like the whole process. So in amongst of sort of keeping ourselves busy and active during this time, as well as doing obviously the podcast and chatting together and just trying to kind of keep our own enjoyment up of everything, we've we've kind of managed to put a, a cover video together um, all remotely again, which has been a lot of fun. I've got to say, Sam, you've been absolutely unbelievable. Um because I, I so this as Ryan will tell you this was actually my idea this one I went to see a band that I'm, I really love and they played a new song off their album that's not out yet and I was just so captured by it as soon as they played it and then the thing is when I realized afterwards that after they played it within one day of the first day of that tour the whole audience had learned it off the previous day's YouTube video and was singing it and they knew the words and everything and I just thought it was absolutely brilliant but Sam has had to put together this track. There's no real track. There's no official released version. So he's had to try and orchestrate and put together an entire song from a YouTube recording, basically, and try and do it justice, uh, which has been unbelievable. So you've done an absolutely <laughs> spectacular job. Um, yeah, so obviously it's uh, we're not going to reveal the name of it yet, just purely because the song's not actually out. So it's not going to get you too excited until you hear it. But Sam, if you want to share a little bit of uh, the story of how this song came together and, and who's a part of it and it's going to feature our first collaboration right yeah um so like you said lou all i had to work with was a live track you sent me it on whatsapp i sat and listened to it um and i kind of um broke it apart and heard the drums drums are loudest of course so managed to work out drum parts and there are a few videos on youtube as well of uh, the guitar and bass and vocals and so i think you guys were able to work from that as well um, and then you've, you've gone out, you've got your own uh, recording stations. I know Lou, you had one already. Ryan, you're borrowing uh, one of mine, and Chris went out and got his own one. And uh, and you've managed to record your instruments and send them over to me, and I've managed to mix it. Um, there's a chap on YouTube who's doing uh, a saxophone for us. So on this song, there's a saxophone solo. And uh, I've done it on a, a programmed sax. I sat and watched his video, and I just worked out note for note what he's doing. And I just sat and I just slid up the scale until I found the right note. I'm, I'm not great music theory like you, Lou. I know you you know theory amazingly well, and you can hear the notes, whereas me, I, I'm, I struggle a little bit when it comes to that. So I heard, uh, I listened to it, went through it all, and um, done the mix, sent it over to you, and Lou, you came back and said, look, I'm, the sax isn't really convincing me, and although this was a very good saxophone synth, um, it just wasn't cutting the mustard. So this, this, this chap, he's, he's done a, a cover on YouTube, and um, he's agreed to record live sax for us on this, on the choruses and the solos. Uh, he's going to get it done for us by this Sunday. Um, so obviously today's the third. And then this Sunday, if I just find the date, this Is Sunday is going to the fifth on this Sunday. So he should have the track over to us. He might even send it. See, I've got to check my emails. Um, really great lad. So we're going to put him in the video as well. He's going to video it because the least we can do is give him a little bit of credit as well. Um, yeah. But I'm really looking okay. forward to it. Glad you guys are liking the mix so far. Right, I know your dad's had a few. Uh, your dad's also had a, a comment as well. Being a an experienced bass player, he's he's put his his comments on it as well, which is great. Yeah, he managed to work back as well. No, it's been good. We're literally recording our individual parts and just sending them by email, aren't we? By Dropbox, and then you've been mixing them together. So I think artists have been doing this for a few. Like we live in. I released a video the other day onto the Facebook, and we live in the era of technology now, and I think. I think it was even, uh, I think Ed Sheeran and Bieber, I think when they released uh, that that song, um, I, can't remember the song I Don't Care. I Don't Care. I, I'm i not too sure I factually correct this here. I might be getting the wrong song, but Justin Bieber and an artist recorded a song and they never met each other. They just sent the parts. They record one recording in the UK, one recording in England and uh, in America, and they sent the parts yeah. over. And that's just, that's just the way it's done now. And if you can get 
produce a good good enough um instrument sample or your your track then it can be mixed anywhere it's just the, the way we live now it's not gone to the days where you've got to have uh, even videos on youtube about this up you don't have to go into a, a, a million pound studio anymore you can equally okay. produce music from your bedroom i'm sitting in my summer house and yeah we can i'm actually music. sitting in my bedroom <laughs> yeah exactly no i think the best thing we can do guys is stay positive and you know this is one video that we're working on but we're going to we're going to try and upload as many videos as we can really aren't we yeah, another thing we're working on as well, uh, coming away from the, the, the music side, is our, our podcast. And Ryan, I know yourself and me last night, we were chatting on, on, on Skype here, and we was working out how we can stream live to, to YouTube and Facebook. And I've managed to find... Uh, That's the uh, plan, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So the, 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 I've managed to find a, a bit of software where you can uh, multiple streams out to YouTube and Facebook from a single interface. And we, was, we had a, a private YouTube link last night, didn't we? And um mm. we managed to uh, watch you on the telly <laughs> you watched you watch on the tv did you yeah i was yeah. just sitting there i, I managed to work out i've got my i've got my i've got a little um a little new mark mixing desk here i've had this for years back in my dj days and uh, <laughs> it's a little usb interface and it, it works on virtual dj and i can load music onto it so even while we're, we're doing live uh streams i can bring music into the background i don't think you guys will be able to hear it but i can basically produce it from my end and do all camera uh, shot changes and overlays of things like that and then we can answer questions live so it's just things like that that's a good point like if anyone's got any questions on any of this stuff that interests you like if anyone's listening and they're interested in you know making things like this happen like you've got an interest in making your own songs your own music how it's done or anything that we can help with you know ask away because we're always happy to answer and delve into things yeah. and show you how everyone's got set up yeah, exactly leave us a comment for that and you know we can try and help you and, and equally if you've got any tips for us on what we could do differently you know we're we're learning as well um, i mean with podcasts in general obviously at the moment because we're all self-isolating yes that's why we're doing the whole skype video um but the main thing is i mean like for example you can see sam he's got a professional mic all the other boys have got microphones i've had to come into the lounge like i said because of a you know poor connection um but that's the next step really is just updating equipment you know, and just making the podcast as good as they can be. But no, thanks very much, guys, for for everything that you've done. I mean, obviously, but thanks to you guys as well for doing this podcast tonight, and you, Sam, for all the mixing you've been doing recently. No worries, my pleasure doing it. It's a uh, great fun. What, what, um, on a, on a personal note, so obviously we're all in isolation at the moment. Um, I don't know, are you guys are all working from home as well. Are you enjoying it? Is it is it different for you? personally it's a bit different i mean obviously i'm I, my day job is i'm an estate agent um and at the moment it's very hard to conduct valuations viewings there's not many exchanges that are going through um the company i work for you know they're going strong but you know they've had to just to save the business and to keep you know keep people employed that put us on the furlough program a lot of us anyway um so at the moment i i've got free time so i'm, I'm trying to keep busy personally loads of sort of jobs to do in the house and other things that i want to do at the moment like online courses um there's also podcasts i want to catch up on but you know just try and learn new skills and and, and brush up things as well but definitely without a shadow of a doubt one thing i'm going to be focusing on is youtube and and you know trying to write new songs for the band and we've also agreed to learn loads of new songs for the live set haven't we so it just gives us there's no excuse really for us not to make music i mean what about you guys i mean chris i mean what have you been up to um since the lockdown oh i've been working but um because i i work on um, well, basically architecture so um but because boris announced that all the building sites are going to have to be shut um the company i work for therefore you know we're not making any money because no one's going to be paying us to do drawings so um i'm going on furlough on monday actually so um yeah, the company's still there, but I'm going to like similar to you now, Ryan. I'm as of, of Monday evening, I'm sort of going to be twiddling my thumbs a little bit. So it's going to be a lot of guitar practice, and I, you know, I bought myself a, a plug-in today, so I'm going to be sort of recording guitar guitar stuff and that, and you know, sharing it with you guys. So you know, yes, yeah, so it's, it's like I said, it's, it's exactly. almost like a positive in a way, but yeah. And if, any, if anyone's watching and they don't know what furlough is um, throughout this time, it's basically 
it's almost like temporary leave. Um, but instead of being unpaid leave, the government are paying 80% of your wages. Um, some companies might top up the other 20%, uh, but generally speaking, it's 80% of your wages. Um, you're not allowed to work in that time. So it's kind of like you're paid to, to be at home, really, um, and, and adapt around it. I mean, Lewis and Sam, I mean, start with you, Lewis. I mean, what have, what have you been up to? Yeah, just, just literally working from home again. And I, I'm one of the, the sort of people that are really fortunate that the industry that I work in, which is financial services, although I'm technically an, an IT engineer, um, you know, our company is essentially online based in a way in terms of the services and products, etc. So um, I'm able to work from home. The company's able to function completely normal as if we're in the office. So I'm just as busy as I was in the office. Um, every day is really, really busy, you know, it's really good, really exciting, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's business as usual for me, really, just by the nature of the industry that I work in. Um, and so the, the nice, I guess the nice thing is that I'm able to sort of be at home more, do other things, avoid the commute, you know, which is really, really nice. It's sort of, that's quite a positive aspect. Um, but yeah, we're still working as hard as ever, as busy as ever. Um, I'm just fortunate that I'm in a position where, Everything that we do is, at least for me personally, exactly the same as if I was in the office, really. You know, we can do pretty much our entire job remote, which is really helpful. That's quite handy with IT, definitely. What about you, Sam? Uh, yeah, so I'm in a similar kind of situation as Lewis. My, my company, I work for an audiovisual company. So we, in, you know, install like home cinemas and smart homes and things like that. Um, but I do a lot of the networking side of things and programming. So a lot of the things that I can do is remote. Yeah, sometimes I, I have to go on site, install a few things and physically wire stuff up. But um, a lot of my a lot of my job role is system design and things like that. So I can do a lot remotely as well. And this is actually probably the first time or well, it's the first time I ever had to work from home. So adapting to it's quite strange. Um, but, you know, the phone's still ringing. I'm getting my colleagues emailing me and texting me, asking for assistance. Can I dial into this site? Can I VPN into this site? And that's what I mean. And all day today, um, I've been I've been on the phone to customers, FaceTiming them on how to fix their problems that they've got. So I'm kind of in a similar situation to Lewis. Um, but unfortunately, we work on a lot, a lot of building sites as well because we do a lot of first fix, second fix and things like that. So um, the site engineers, yeah, it, it's getting a bit difficult for to, to go out and do the work. But if the site's empty, we'll still go out. We'll still go there if the if the site foreman will allow us to go out there. Mm -hmm. As long as you take your precautions, that's all you can do, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 because we, we go into a lot of people's houses, we, we do a thing called a COVID check. So we ring them up, make sure everyone's in good health, make sure they've been isolating, and make sure that no one's been outside of the family, you know, the home. And we, we always have to have a duty to care for that as well. So we make sure that we're all in good health as well. So we make sure it's two ways, basically. We have to make sure everyone's safe. Hmm. Exactly. Cool. So just before we wrap this podcast up then, guys, we'll go around quickly. Um, for any musicians out there, maybe they're young musicians just starting out, or maybe they're experienced musicians. They're used to gigging on a weekly basis um, and they've, they've hit a bit of a wall. They don't really know what to do. What, what would your advice be to, the, to, to musicians out there? Perhaps we'll start with Lewis. Oh, wow. That's, that's a big question. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, again, keep, just, firstly, obviously, just keep going, you know, keep keep practicing, keep learning, keep trying. There's always something new. So, you know, whilst you've got a bit more free time, there's a lot more you can explore. You know, there's like when you've got normal life constraints, or, you know, if you're at school, you're college, university, you're working, whatever you're doing, you know, you've got other commitments, so you don't have the same amount of time. But with the extra time, you can invest it in yourself. You know, you can you can learn something new, learn a new genre. If you've got an interest in music production, you know, try and delve into some of that. You know, there's a whole world out there of, in this day, even from, I mean, it wasn't that long ago since we were young aspiring musicians, but even in the 10 odd years since we started out, you know, the technology is completely different now. Everyone has access to amazing stuff in the house and there's some amazing creative people out there that can do that to, you know, can utilize that as well. As Chris mentioned, like some amazing guitar plugins, you can have the sound of a Marshall stack through your, through your computer now, you know, or, so there's plenty of things to be inspired by. Now try and push yourself, try and learn something new and try and indulge in, you, in your sort of impulses, you know, anything that intrigues you, try it out. Whether that's music theory, whether that's learning to read music, to understand more, learn notes, you've got so much more time, you know, so just, just try and push yourself out of your comfort zone and, and, and see where you end up. Yeah. That's brilliant. No, cheers, Luke. Sam, 
Let's go to you, mate. I'll just basically echo what Lewis said. Um, I will just say that equipment, so music production, you haven't got to, you haven't got to spend a fortune on it anymore. When I first started out doing music production, I would literally plug straight into my laptop to the the microphone input um, via a headphone out on a guitar amp, and I used to record that way and stuff. But you can go on Amazon now. You can buy condenser microphones, USB ones for thirteen quid. There was, there's actually a, a chap on YouTube called Rumi, and he does a he does a comparison between a thirteen thousand pound microphone and a twelve pound microphone. And he says some some of the tests, yeah, okay, the thirteen thousand pound one is going to do the job, but the twelve pound one, it it done the job for him on majority of the songs. So you can go out and buy them, and you can buy interfaces like a little two channel interface for you know forty quid or something. And if you just buy yourself one of them, you can you could make a, a whole entire song from it. it it's the, it, the possibilities are endless now. There's no there's no need to go over the top to buy equipment anymore. So like Lewis said, if you if you want to learn a new a new thing, you haven't got to break the bank to to you know, buy these kind of things. We've we've only got this kind of equipment because we're experienced musicians. We've been playing for years and years, so we've just kind of accumulated as we've been going along. That's all it is, really. So I'd say, yeah, well, well, if you're an aspiring musician, definitely look into production sides as well because you might be well recording your own material. Yeah. No, brilliant. Cheers, Sam. Um, I'll just quickly say before I go to you, Chris, um, I think the biggest thing is now is a great time to showcase your talent on YouTube. You know, if, if you're a gigging band, do what we're doing. Send each other if you can get the, you know, software. There's the stuff you can download. You got Logic, um, Cubase, Reaper. We've been using, isn't it, Sam? Reaper is the software. Yeah, yeah. Lewis, 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 and myself have been using Reaper since college, and it's a free yeah. bit of software. There is a, a license to it, but you can use it for free, and I've never had a problem with it. Sorry to interject there. No, that's, that's great. No, it's cool, man. It's, uh, and I think, like I say, it's good for people to, you know, write songs. You can send each other ideas. And even if you're not sending each other ideas, just, just pick up that acoustic and whatever you've got and just, just think of ideas. And if you if you need to add to the set, you know, all learn songs. And depends on what levels you are. This is the time so you can practice your instrument and, and grow. Um, but the biggest thing I'll just say before I pass to you, Chris, I, I think what you can do, I mean, what I do and everyone's different to keep me motivated because I'm used to, as well as obviously gigging with you guys, rehearsing and, and being busy with the band, with the job I do, the career, I'm always busy. I'm always working like eight in the morning till sometimes eight, nine o'clock at night, working my days off occasionally. It's quite full on to suddenly not have that. You, you kind of feel a bit of a loss. So how do you keep yourself busy? Well, I keep a structure every single day other than weekends, but Monday to Friday, I'll, I have a little checklist of things that I want to achieve that day, whether, whether it's silly things like tidy the house or whatever it is, or watch an online video, whatever it is, it could be music related. Obviously you want to write a song or you might want to learn a song, whatever it is, have a little structure and that there's so much you can do at the moment. I mean, Chris, what would your advice be to musicians at the moment? Just give up. <laughs> Chris Jones, ladies and gentlemen, the optimist of the band. Yeah, no. Um, you can't I, ever I, be disappointed. Yeah, you can't ever be disappointed in yourself. You just give up. <laughs> no point being a musician. Crap. <laughs> Quit while you're at. No. Just get the Doritos in. In, in, all, in all seriousness, you know, chunks aside. Don't give up. Um, I, I, I've nearly given up before on a couple of occasions, and, and the only way that I've sort of found myself coming back to it is, is finding something else that influences me. So that can be whether it's a, a new band or another guitar player, um, you know, just anything like that, really. Or, or, or you know, go and buy a new guitar. Why not? But, um, you know, that's that's what I get in trouble for. And it's like, oh, you've got another guitar? Yeah, yeah, I'm bored. So I hit a wall, so I need a new guitar. <laughs> inspiration yeah but no just yeah just sort of keep keep head strong and and you know uh, guitar for me and music has has brought me brought me enough enough frustration blood sweat and tears or literal tears um in in the years is it's is it's given me you know happiness so you know it is worth it in the end and there is an end goal to it but you know, well, that doesn't even have to be an end goal. You can just enjoy it. So, but yeah, just stick at it, really. And find something all, else to influence you. I think we've all kind of gone through, like you said, Chris, the, the blood, sweat, and tears when you first learn an instrument physically. Like 
learning the instrument is difficult. Um, yeah. Get your hands used to it. You know, you're going to get blisters. It, it, I'm talking literally as well. I know you're saying blood sweat is a saying, but literally you're going to get blisters on your fingers. Yeah. You're going to get, you know, calluses on your, on your skin. You're going to get drumstick like in your eye. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I thought I you were going to say something else then. No, no I actually put <laughs> a drumstick like in drums, my eye. No. Yeah. No, I used to play drums then. Lewis will witness me here. On a, on a rehearsal in college, I actually counted into four, and on the fourth beat, my stick went up straight into my eyeball. You had to go to hospital oh. and everything, didn't you? Yeah, I, uh, actually got, I've actually got damage in my eye to this day from it. Um, yeah, so it doesn't so affect Chris me. So Chris cried, just... Sam's bled, and sweated. Yeah, lost his yeah. eyesight temporarily. Um, I think the, the message to this really is just stay safe, you know, stay positive and make the most out of the situation. Make as much music as you can if you're musicians, learn what you can and we'll get through, you know, we'll, we'll, there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. We'll get there. Yeah, so, uh, brilliant. But no, you guys take care and uh, look forward to the next podcast. See you later, guys. See you later, James. See you later. So thanks for watching this podcast, guys. Any questions, feel free to leave us a comment. Please subscribe to our channel. We're trying to grow this and we're going to bring you loads more podcasts in the future and music. So please subscribe and follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Peppermint Apes. Take care.